1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Spray, coming to you live following the Portland Trailblazers' first win of the Toronto Raptors Monday evening in Toronto, 99-91. Uh, Jack Ramsey's like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. You know what to do, whether it's on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're utilizing. Jack Ramsey's the Blue Wire podcast brought to you by Move Insoles. Ladies and gentlemen, the schneid is over with. They get a win before the Memphis Grizzlies. Hooray, round of applause. Golf clap. Uh, it's okay to get one every four games. It still means they're going to lose a lot of games. For those counting, that would be 20 and 62 on the season.
2: Oh, uh, let's not go there yet.
1: Look, we, uh, we haven't talked about anything since Anthony Simons was ruled out for four to six weeks. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers uh, obviously lost their first three contests, got the crap kicked at them against the Los Angeles Clippers. They competed with the Orlando Magic, but that was, a, uh, I think, a game where uh, the Magic couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Uh, but again, the Blazers did compete, and then they were outmatched uh, in what was a competitive match last night in Philadelphia. At least for a half until uh, Joel Embiid decided he wanted to to go full Thanos and snapped his fingers.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, look, Joel Embiid has the ability to be the league MVP, so nobody's surprised by that, Danny. Um, I we know this team's record and where it's kind of going to be roughly. Right, everybody varies by a few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just. Tonight was a really fun game because, one, I thought it was a good night for Chauncey. Two, Scoot did some things that he hadn't really done. He's coming off of kind of a bad game here. And three, literally everybody that gave them minutes did stuff tonight. Like every, This was a total team effort win for mm-hmm. them on the road. You go all the way down to Skylar Mays, who hit a three, did a couple things out there. Brogdon was huge at the end. Obviously, we'll get into Tamani. Uh, Shaden, I thought, was awesome. And DeAndre just controlling the glass and getting what, 20, 23, 23 total career rebounds? Career
1: high 23 rebounds. Just went full pack, man. Buck, 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 buck.
2: Un- unbelievable. Jeremy was good in-, in a lot of spots for them. So just a complete team effort for them, really, tonight. And it also helps that Toronto can't shoot at all, but uh, a nice team effort for Portland.
1: Yeah, no, this is, um, there's a lot to kind of go through in this game. Uh, I put a quick little. Uh, you know, basically uh, submit your questions for as a short notice quasi mailbag, just four four games in uh, to get a couple thoughts on some things. And you guys did not disappoint. We'll get to those here very quickly. Uh, let's do a quick wrap up of the game. Uh, what's interesting here is the game was essentially decided in one quarter. And that was the third quarter as the Blazers outscore the Raptors 33, uh, 24. And that in that quarter, you had multiple guys kind of get going as you, as you alluded to uh, Jeremy Grant, Eight points. Malcolm Brogdon, seven points. DeAndre eight and six points. Matisse Thybul. He hits two threes. You get six points from him. Uh, it was a nice little place for you. Again, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Eight, and Matisse Thibol. What do they all have in common? It's all your veterans.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So well that was that was the thing about the closing lineup, Danny was like you had a couple young guys and then it's scoot, just veterans. You had yeah. Scoot
1: and Sumani, and Sumani's out there because uh both ant is out, Scoot had fouled out. But otherwise, it's like, Chauncey looked at this and looked around and went, we want to win this shit. Let's, let's, let's throw the boys out there. Uh, yeah. And they did not disappoint Every everybody. Everybody made a play. Uh, Brogdon was the closing time man of the evening. Uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, had a couple fantastic offensive rebounds and a yes, beautiful did. pass uh, for a wide open look under on, on the rim. Uh, Matisse Stiebel with deflections early on. It was Shaden uh, was some offensive hustle. He picked up some rebounds uh, in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, you look at the fourth quarter stats tonight. Please stop doing this, you stupid little box score. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy Grant was seven. Brogdon was six on only three of nine, but he was dictating the Massive pace. shots. Yes, yeah. and uh, he just kept getting up. Uh, Shaden uh, only 0 of three, but he did have the one assist, the one block shot, and the one offensive rebound. Uh, Aiton did not score. He had five, uh, seven rebounds in the period, including two offensive. Uh, only 19 points in the period, but they outscore the Raptors 19-17. The Raptors go 8-23, of 0-8 from three in the quarter. Uh, the story of the game, again, is the third quarter where they were able to come out in the second half and really put it on um, as far as the game storylines. The individual storyline comes from Scoot Henderson in the second quarter, Brandon. We finally, finally got to see Scoot Henderson slow the game down for about eight minutes. Yeah. he it, there. Nothing he did was, holy shit, now I, I, well, it was just explosive, fast, simple
2: basketball. Confident basketball is what yes. it felt like. Like a, like a player that kind of just found and knows what he needs to do in the moment. And again, I know he didn't do it for the whole game, but having those moments to me, Danny, are pretty massive. Yep. Uh, obviously, that's why you draft him number three. You want to see those flashes and for him to kind of come back. I know statistically, like four or 12, always six from three. I get it. Take the but threes 11, out of him.
1: Take the threes out of it. He was four of right. six on his twos. Look, the threes he took tonight, with the exception of one off the dribble three, yes. I think I was okay with about all of them. Uh, he had a couple catch and shoots where I was like, where we talked about during the preseason, Brandon. Get those looks, take them. You have to take them. You can't not take them. They will go eventually.
2: Yeah. No, I, I also love the final line, though, Eleven, seven, and 4 mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's something for him to build on and feel good about. Because you mentioned at the end there where Chauncey kind of looks up and goes, you know what, I can put these guys out there. Let's go win this game with Jeremy, with DeAndre, and with Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need these once in a while, right? If you're going to balance this veteran youth kind of movement that they're doing – you're going to have games where you're just in it. Like Toronto making four total threes for the whole night is going to put you in a position where you could potentially win it. And we we understand what the situation is, but I, I like that they have that kind of attitude of, no, 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 let's go get this one. Like, forget Toronto. Let's go get this tonight. So, uh, Scoot overall, great, great second quarter. Uh, overall, to me, just something to build on, something positive, because I don't know about you, Danny, but like today, doing the radio show, I... I I shouldn't be surprised, but people already like panicking. Oh, brother!
1: I've had to tamper expectations violently. Well, I'm just like today. It's like it is. (laughs) Remember, we talked about the city is not ready for this. Yeah, I know we're not built for it. No, it's it's not, and it's it's not surprising, but it is frustrating. Um, This is like I'm not trying to tell you. Look, at I'm right. This, but look, I'm right. This is like even though we got that flash from Scoot, don't be surprised if on Wednesday he looks like crap again.
2: Sure. Like that's and also that, that's, that's the biggest lie you've ever goes. told on the podcast. Hmm? That's the biggest lie you've ever told on the podcast.
1: What's that? Don't I don't want to be right here?
2: I don't want to say that I was right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but my point is <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, like, and this is not linear. This does not mean the next game Scoot's going to come out and be great or be bad. Like, you're just looking for the, those little things. And then the little things become bigger things. And no better example of that than Shaden Sharp tonight. Last year, one of the things you and I wondered off air a ton was in Shaden Sharp's career, is he ever going to be able to do anything more than score? Mm-hmm. Because it was like, does he really create? Does he really defend? Is he going to be a defensive playmaker where he generates steals or deflections, or is he just going to be a guy who can stay in front of guys? Is he a guy who's ever going to be able to rebound? Like, is he ever going to impact box scores, or is he going to be Andrew Wiggins? Which six foot four Andrew Wiggins is not a bad player. It's it's, it's not a bad player. Andrew Wiggins was an all star. Yeah, like that's a good player. Period. Full stop. Okay. But the most impressive thing for me from Shaden so far this year, and he showed it again tonight, you look at his performance, Shaden Sharp finishes the night with 14 points, three assists, five rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. Mm -hmm. Okay. The shooting is going to come around. I have no hesitations about that. He was four of ten tonight, two of five from three four four from the free throw line. That's another thing. He's getting to the free throw line a little bit. He's putting his shoulder into guys. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing growth wise from Shaden because the stuff that you're seeing is him just reacting to the moment in the, or anticipating the moment or knowing kind of what's coming. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm thinking about writing on, because it's happened quite a bit already in four games is if Shaden is off ball, he got that deflection that led to the, uh, and one for him tonight. He, you see him looking and anticipating when the guard is, you know, when they make that just sideways, straight 45 yep. degree pass, the one that scoot has had intercepted a ton already. <laughs> yeah. Shaden is, you can see him anticipating and knowing when they're going to swing to the other side and he's gotten deflections. He's gotten steals. Like he senses when that's coming and that's that growth switch.
2: DeAndre obviously dominated the glass and was huge in them putting this game away tonight in the fourth quarter with the timing of his offensive boards. Jeremy had some pretty massive shots, I thought, even though it was just a couple in the fourth quarter. Obviously, Malcolm puts the game away, taking guys to the cup. I actually thought Shaden had the best game tonight. Now, we can get to everybody, just but how I felt about these players, I thought he had the best night. Because, Danny, I, think, I actually think his stats are – a little undersold here. His assist should be a five or six. I thought he had some really good passes to set guys up. He had two great that, like, pocket just,
1: passes that didn't do yeah, like, anything, which he didn't DeAndre, do at all last year.
2: Right. DeAndre just kind of missing some bunnies, like just opportunities yeah. for guys were just back rims. And as you mentioned, he wasn't doing that as much last year. Now he's driving to the cup. Now he's fully aware of what the athleticism is. And if he knows guys are going to meet him at the rim, He's kind of keeping a side eye out like, okay, I got DeAndre over here or I got Jeremy slashing or like and I just like the awareness that he plays with. I think that's the biggest thing. It it kind of speaks to what you're saying of hitting passing lanes, timing things down. Mm -hmm. I thought you saw that tonight being aggressive, using his body a little bit, not only getting the line, but setting guys up. And even though some of those shots missed, like I'd imagine Chauncey and the coaching staff going to show him that tape and say, dude, this is exactly what we want you to do on this team. You get yours, but you're also helping set other guys up. Those shots will fall, and those assists will go up.
1: Uh, I, I do have to call out. Uh, it's also in the chat right now. Uh, Damon in the watch party tonight, tonight asked if everybody, if anybody out there was still Dom and Hayton after <laughs> DeAndre Ayton's time to, uh, game tonight. And look, <laughs> for the first time all season, DA was out there to play real minutes. He finishes the night with... 32 minutes and one second of play time. Seven offensive rebounds, 16 defensive, 23 total. A new mm. career high. Yep. Okay. Two blocks. Two blocks, 10 points, one steal. He's gotten a steal, I think, in every game so far. I think he's had two games with three steals. Um, if I'm not mistaken, DeAndre Ayton now leads the NBA in total rebounds. Uh, when I was looking earlier, I don't know if it hadn't refreshed yet.
2: He um, was, hit. what, second or third in his game, right? It was, it
1: was behind uh, Jalen Duran. Who yeah. has been a greek god
2: he's i can't wait for the next game then
1: which those two are playing together on on yep. wednesday yep gotta be fun um i want to start here because we've now we have four games and we have a little bit more to talk about with DeAndre in particular um one or two games they've gotten the shit kicked out of them and they haven't played enough minutes that's just last night they were getting just just mud hole stomped by the 76ers and real quick DA and, and Time Lord I thought they did everything they could on Joel and Joel was just another force last night. The Blazers doubled from the top from the bottom on the catch on the dribble. They threw ev- they threw the the kitchen sink at Joel Embiid last night. It did not matter. Yeah. I I thought otherwise like I thought they did everything they could there. He was just that's an MVP, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. they do. It's like doesn't matter what you do sometimes. He had a 35 and 15 near 5 by 5. 35 15 7 6 and 2. Yep. So one of the most insane stat lines I've ever seen in under 30 minutes. Okay. Tonight, and honestly this season, Ayton is getting very few looks, and this is not a shot at Scoot Henderson. If he is involved in a pick and roll or a post up situation with Scoot Henderson, it's almost doomed to fail if it is a straight action. Unless it is an empty side pick and roll. And I highlighted that on on Twitter as well as uh, in my Patreon. If you want to read more about it, it's over there. It's just a much longer and more significant breakdown of it. But what ends up happening is you get Scoot's defender in the play, or they're loading up on the backside because they just don't care. Yeah, And there's nowhere for DeAndre Ayton to work or to catch. I thought they did a great job tonight. And I've had a bunch of people say, I want Chauncey to run sets and this and that. I have watched literally every single set they have run this season. They are trying everything. They have done so much. The one thing I wish they would do more of is put Scoot in DHO so he's moving, so the defense is moving. Even if they under the hell out of it, it just gets it moving side to side. But long story short, they are trying things. Um, Yeah, you you saw in the third quarter when they did an inverted horn set, where instead of having Jeremy and Da come up and bring the screens, it turned to Scoot and Da. So it ended up that was where you saw Da hit Jeremy Grant for the wide open dunk under the rim. It's because you had a back pick from Scoot Henderson on Pascal Siakam, and it ended up getting forcing a switch that they didn't see coming. JG comes wide open, Da hits him for the dunk. They run it again; the Raptors blow it up. They run it again a third time. They play it straight up. They don't switch it. They get into the action further. It turns to a scoot D.A. um, dribble handoff, and then it's a swing back where D.A. catches in the middle of the floor where the defense is now spread out because of multiple actions, and he knocks down the 10-foot floater. Those are the kind of things that you see that are different, that they're trying to get to. But if Scoot can't run primary actions effectively, it does not matter what you run.
2: So I think the thing on DA is for a lot of people, you know, obviously I think everybody, you know, hanging out with us tonight for the post game and have been watching basketball for like the last three, four years. I think everybody can say like, Oh yeah, I watched Deion Ray. But I think what you miss is Deion Ray going from Chris Paul and Phoenix and Devin Portland, Oregon, and Scoot. Yeah, exactly. Or and Scoot Henderson, mm-hmm. I, I think you're seeing a massive difference here, right? They they talked about this in the media day, and I I thought it was a pretty important point to hold on to be in case he started out slow offensively in terms of the points production. They're not gonna force feed him. You mentioned Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is God tier, right? There's there's Jokic, there's Embiid, there's like giants in this league, Giannis, guys who are just they're a tier above everybody mm-hmm. else. And and it doesn't matter how good you play, you're just not going to reach that level. DeAndre is just in that next level down. Mm-hmm. He's a good big, but he doesn't have as many moves. And he has benefited greatly the last couple years prior to coming to Portland of guys getting him looks and setting him up. Now, it's encouraging to hear that they're doing everything they possibly can, sets-wise, to open things up, to get him freed up. I, I'd be curious to see how much longer the pick-and-roll stuff with Scoot, what how that's going to evolve as the season goes on. But what you see is you see a big that doesn't have that same skill set as a guy he just went against in Philly, and so how he eats is a little different than a lot of, of those top tier guys. And so, yeah, the points production is down. But man, if he's going to get you seven offensive boards, twenty three, give you two blocks, be be you know be active in the passing lanes or you know down low under the hoop, and guys are trying to do behind the back dishes to big men. Like if he's going to do that stuff. You can get by just fine. They'll figure out the points. That will figure itself out. I did think it was a bit ridiculous. I mean, I thought the Scoot stuff was pretty stupid. I'll be point blank honest with you. Anybody that was freaking out at any level about Scoot for three games, I just don't understand it. And I would say the same thing to DeAndre. Like, I knew DeAndre Ayton wasn't going to be a guy who gets the ball on the block and then goes and works and gets you 30. Like, he might, he's going to have a few of these nights. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, what you saw from DeAndre Ayton tonight is the DeAndre Ayton we kind of have as long as Scoot is starting point guard and kind of learning as he goes here. So, I thought what DeAndre did and where it was most important was on the glass, making that impact and getting guys. And and by the way, probably should have had more than 10 shots because, as I mentioned, Shaden kind of set him up for a couple looks. He just missed some bunnies. Other than that, like an extraordinary night for DeAndre. I hope nobody's Dama hating because he's he's really reliant on having guys set him up more so than being back-to-basket big
1: man. And that's the thing is that you started to see in that closing lineup and in the third quarter when they got rolling and they got effective, who was running things?
2: Malcolm, yeah. And so as you get more in i was I'm, almost a saving grace that Scoop fouled out. Like, you, I, I, I don't I, no that, no, but. I don't think you're wrong because
1: you got more structure to things. And then then they also, the rappers couldn't play four on five defensively because they right. were gonna sag off and Brog it was Brog was gonna have nowhere to go. Um yeah. I th- I know how a lot of folks feel about Chauncey Billups, and I am not sitting here saying he is Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra, Phil Jackson out here, okay? He's pulling a lot of levers right now. He is trying a lot of stuff. and Some of it's working, some of it's not. And it's not just throwing shit on the wall to see what works. There, there's a method to the madness. There's, there's things that they're doing to start the game and to start the half to get Scoot going. There's things that they're doing to try to get Jeremy Grant good looks because they know it's hard to generate them right now. There are things that they're doing to try to get DeAndre in spots that he's more comfortable. There's things that they're doing to try to get Shaden Sharp more comfortable. Brogdon is doing things to set the table. He's Brogdon and Jeremy are being so aggressive, oh, probably overly aggressive, because they know they have to force the issue because the yeah. defense is not going to care about anybody else. Right. That's just the reality of the situation. So, you're like, I don't want to see any more ISOs. Guess what? You're gonna because it's gonna make it easier on the other guys. They have to, somebody has to command attention without Anthony Simons out there. And again, Anthony Simons uh, out four to six weeks uh, with a torn ligament in his thumb. Uh, I texted him, I told him uh, he needed to have stronger ligaments in his thumbs.
2: You should have said, get on the sticks more often so I can kick your ass and your thumb will be better. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, see, that's a problem. He's kicking my ass at Call of Duty now, these days. Um, uh, my, my wash days are, are fully embraced right now. Um, but it's it's going to be a rough four to six weeks. It's, I, honestly, I'm happy to see them get a win tonight because I think it's it's nice. To it's good that. for morale. It is. Um, you don't want to be like, oh, shit, when are they going to get the win? They could win or they could lose four more in a row right now. Yeah. And if you look at this schedule in their first 12, 15 games – the way they've been playing, the way they look, if they come out with more than two wins, it'll be impressive.
2: They—they they, uh, my uh, our producer for the morning show on 1080 is Jason Swigard, and he mm-hmm. he had his guys over. They were watching their last game, and he jokingly texts like conversation at his watch party was, well, what game will the Blazers win?" And he said the next game he thinks the, he thinks the only game Blazers are gonna be favored on was Washington at home, December twenty
1: first.
2: Yeah, coming up. I honestly, I think he's right. No, I think he's right there, but like yeah. legitimately he was trying to have a conversation this morning of are they gonna break the record? And I was I was adamant. Now look, I'm not I'm not Mr. Perfect in predicting things, but I straight up I'm like, dude, Toronto's a weird, bad team. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me if they could win tonight. And I'm kicking myself because I did not pick them on the money line. I got stuck in gymnastics. So I'm watching like <laughs> your Wi Fi's a little out. Oh, the Wi-Fi is terrible. I'm watching the game on a 12 inch screen. My daughter's like going on the balance beam. I got the play-by-play in my like. I just I was having to follow the game a little differently than other people. But I'm not shocked they won this game because I just think Toronto's weird and they should have done something and they didn't. Uh, but as as much as we are valuing high draft picks or being in position to get these next prospects, mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody would agree right now. Everybody. It feels good to win. When here, to win here, there's a good oh, thing. Yeah, it's yes. it's a terrible, terrible, terrible way. Um, yes.
1: All right. Um. The the, the point. Uh, a million people asked some version of this. What do you think of Tumani Kamara?
2: Oh, I love me some Tumani. Oh, I love Tumani Kamara. Lottie,
1: Dottie, we love Tumani.
2: Oh, we do. Kamara, Kamara.
1: Oh, just keep him in Portland
2: forever, baby. Um.
1: It. The early iterations—I say early, we're in Game 4, and there's been a training camp in preseason. Uh, The early discussions I heard were that Tumani was going to compete with Jabari Walker for some backup four minutes. He's playing the three. Um, Heading into tonight, 80-plus percent of his minutes have been at the three, with almost all of his minutes at the four coming uh, as garbage time minutes. Good. So he is playing a ton at the three, and I found that to be really interesting. You know, we talked about this in the preseason— in that when I was entirely reckless and irresponsible and said he reminded me of Scottie Pippen because of his size and his mobility. He doesn't just move well for his size. He just moves well. Mm -hmm. I tweeted out a video tonight of a singular possession of Tamani Kamara on Scottie Barnes, and Scottie Barnes was
2: frustrated. Dude, he locked him up when he had him. Banged him up just
1: went chest to chest with him, cut him off 45 45, said nope, nope, nope. Contest gets the rebound he goes the it. other way. He's yep. 6 foot 7 barefoot. He's 225 pounds. He has a 7 foot 1 reach. He's an 8 foot 11 inch standing reach. He moves incredibly fluid. Um as I uh, said before in the uh, preseason, uh, shout out to our guy Andrew Nemick. He's got super oily hips. He's just He's able to flip his hips and change directions very, very seamlessly. And those are the kind of players that can play that spot. And I don't think Tamani's ever going to be a guy who averages, you know, 18 and 7. I think he's going to be a guy who averages like 10 and 5 his whole career. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has another gear. But he's the kind of guy who averages 10 and 5 as a starter. You know what I mean? Where you like you get yeah. 10 5 1 and 1 and 1 like Which one exactly reb-
2: what you need from him because yeah. of what he brings you defensively.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He gets you one block, one steal and one assist. Like he he just has like a he think of him like not like Scotty Pippen, but like lesser Andre Karolinko. Sure, Just a Swiss army knife of stuff. And I think that's something that's super valuable. Um his defensive skill that I see him getting on the floor with is his rim protection already he, is, he has a block every single game. Him and Victor Wemanyama are the two, only two rookies with a block and a three in every game. I think that actually tanks. I don't think Kamara Kamar hit his threes.
2: Well, that's cheating, though, because one of those guys is like nine feet tall. So it it's is. like he, he accidentally gets a block in a game.
1: So uh, Tuma, that did end for Tamani, so it's just Vic now. But it is a... I'm not shooting my shot with this. I don't think Kamara is going to take Tybal's starting spot just yet, but I would not be surprised if that change happened.
2: Well, I'd Tumati love to see him try it. Yeah, and 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 not overreacting and doing it right away is probably the sound move when you have. And I know he's not that old, but like having a guy like Matisse, who is one of the older guys on this team. But I I I'm just in a position this season, Danny, where like when stuff like that offers itself up i the one thing i'll say about chauncey is you talk about the criticism or just kind of how people feel i'm i haven't been particularly high on him i I love that he's always willing to try like that's a huge thing for me and so if he gets to that point where in 15 20 games if tamani's still giving you some good production they decide to kind of swing that and try it i'd love it i mean that's that's literally the position Of need. That's what they've been looking for for, God, how long? Since Nick? Since Nick. So, I mean, that's a long time. Nick Batum's almost out of this league at this point. It's
1: it's literally Nick's last year in the league. He says he's retiring after this year and then playing with France in the Olympics.
2: See, there you go. So, we we haven't had it since that dude, and he's about to leave the league. So, to find anything, and to get that in the trade, by the way, with Phoenix, uh, I thought that was a little under the radar, and it it made me really happy they were Mm -hmm. able to swing that in that deal. Um, but i I'd, I'd love to see him try it because man you you highlight that on twitter but just watching him i mean they they had a they had a nice little run of blocks there in this game tonight but like he just even if he's not blocking i almost feel like there's a there's a stat like um a block pressure or like some kind of way where you could analyze how somebody plays defensively mm-hmm. and he's one of those like where statistically he has one block registered How many shots do you feel like he kind of altered just by being there, Mm -hmm. just by having his arms up? Because he's so long and athletic, and he's he's
1: not the most explosive wing, but he's certainly dynamic.
2: Well, but to me, that's—I mean—I almost view that as like a block. I'm just like, okay, cool. You made that shot way off because you can't get around that height, that length.
1: No, uh, and the other side of this is the other Bash brother, Jabari Walker. Um, Quick, get as many dick jokes off as you can.
2: No, I I, I I I uh I did the audible Lamar Heard thing too. His was just better.
1: Um, these are some that I was texted. Uh Jabari dick slapped that. He was cock blocked.
2: Oh, oh uh, I uh, like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, those will remain nameless. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I went with little dick energy on the on the dunk
2: attempt. Oh. Okay, I was gonna say Jabari had some pretty big dick energy on that block. But. Yeah, I know,
1: but no, but Grady Dicks' dunk attempt had little dick energy.
2: Yeah, it for sure did. So it absolutely,
1: did. Um, Bari twice in a row, in the last two games, has gotten way higher on blocks than I've ever seen him get. He had the chase down block against Philadelphia where he pinned it off the glass, and Tyrese Maxey was looking around like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Uh, and then the one he got tonight, but. The um we we need to get a sponsored segment for our block of the night because I have a feeling that's the one thing the Blazers are going to do well defensively this year. Shaden Sharp blocked a shot that was probably thirteen feet in the air.
2: Unbelievable! I I can't, unbelievable! I can't
1: remember the last time I saw somebody that size get high get that high. Apex a jump shot like he he had no business being there. I have a couple freeze frames. He's above the bo- of the box.
2: You should tweet those out the way Gulliver did with LeBron's like steal. Oh to, yeah, just to just show. Here.
1: I, I yeah. don't. I, the unfortunate thing is it's like not a floor angle. It's, you oh, know, it's, gotcha. it's It's baseline, but it's it's not like the thing about LeBron's it's like shot up from this, from the floor yeah. to make it look uh, like he's twelve feet in the air.
2: I was happy for our guy, Ben, for going so viral with that photo. I did also kind of chuckle just in the, it's an amazing play for a guy in his 21st year. He's so far away from the hoop that, yeah, when he jumps like that, it looks like he's at the top of the back. It's a lot of
1: scaling. It's a lot of scaling for sure. It's Um, a lot of scaling. He
2: had two blocks tonight, man, two. Look, man, old man still got a little bit left in him. Oh, surprised. no, Shaden. Sorry. I was going back to Shaden. No, Shaden I was saying LeBron's on his,
1: his, on his 30 minute minutes restriction. It's crazy to see how that is. But no, Shaden has, again, like, this is what we were talking about earlier. Like, what can Shaden do outside of score? And what I've seen so far is that the shot blocking, he might be one of the better shot blocking guards in the league. And he might be the best offensive rebounding putback guard in the league. Like, those are the things. Like, if Shaden is a 15, 16 point a game score with real versatility in his game i.e. getting to the mid-range pull-up knocking down threes and being explosive at the rim uh as a finisher in transition and finishing Mm. in over and around guys he's big he's putting his shoulder into guys when he's driving i'm loving seeing that um but let's say he's that but he also has the the other stuff this year then you start wondering okay what else can he add
2: yeah what more well, how can massive he... is that for them going forward that they can get this kind of production early? Mm-hmm. And if he can build on this and give you even better stats, like if he's going to hover around where he's kind of been, you're going to feel ecstatic at the end of the year. Like you're going to see and feel that growth. I would say, too, on the Jabari point, because he was in the block party tonight with one of the sweet ones on the uh, the dick block. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a hell of a condom on that play. But I, I think competition is kind of what you're getting within the team itself. Like, yeah, they haven't had some good games. They were with Philadelphia for a while before the Sixers blew them out. They were with Orlando till the end. They beat Toronto tonight. Jabari's not the first off the bench. And I think that surprises people when you're talking. Well, he he is not right now because obviously Malcolm. But in terms of the young guys, Tamani's kind of passed him there. And Danny, I, mm-hmm. I wonder if a little bit of this, like, it, it's kind of breeding competition even within the team where Jabari's going out there and he's doing his thing. Because he sees Tumani going out there and doing his thing. It's kind of one of those, like, you're pushing each other a little bit uh, along yeah. the journey.
1: Those two together, uh, well, to be honest, the Shaden-Tumani-Bari uh, lineup yeah. is... It's not the most explosive group, but there's just something about those pieces that seems to accentuate the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there, yep. there's, there's a little bit of juice there in that... You've got Shaden and Tumani, who are both really long, rangy, explosive athletes with you know crazy wingspans, and I think good anticipation and a willingness to be physical. Jabari uh, talking to him the, uh, before the season, I was like, "Did you, you put on a little weight?" He's just kind of, like, "Yeah, yeah," you know, like I, I, he's basically on an NBA diet in an NBA weight room, so he's he's stronger. And you saw the night uh, Scotty Barnes. Ochi Anobi and Pascal Siakam all kind of tried Jabari and they kind of bounced Can't off him. of him and I was yeah, like I couldn't move him because the thing is as you know I love a man with a fat ass and Jabari Jabari's got some junk in the trunk he's he's not he's not Chet Holmgren out there he's not he's not Wemby he's got some junk in the trunk and you got if, a
2: Larry Fitzgerald on him
1: yep he's he's not gonna he's no. not gonna be moved off his spot easily and I think that's a nice counter to what tamani and sharp bring on kind of different levels like if you were trying to put guys together that that accentuate each other's skills those three together i think probably make the most sense if you discard everything else you know does that make sense
2: yeah no it makes a ton of sense uh by the way side note love Jokic's comment after they beat uh oklahoma city (laughs) pretty impressively saying chet needs to be fatter He fatter. he just needs to be fatter like it's an all-time great comment. He followed uh, it up with, "He
1: needs to eat bad
2: food." Yes, he does. I I would also add to what you're saying with Shaden, Tamani, and uh, Jabari. Like, not only does it just look good and look right out there, I think the other thing is, I go back to a press conference, and I know I'm, I'm using the past statement as you know a present day thing, but once you get out of the Dame era, which is where they are now. And you're doing the rebuild and you're kind of putting pieces together to see what fits and how you can make a good puzzle. Interesting to go back to a comment Joe made at either his first or his second press conference as general manager, Danny, where I believe, and I'd assume you were there. uh, I believe Joe said something to the effect of, we want to be long and athletic. Yes. And how how tall is Jabari? Uh, Six, eight and a half, six, nine a and a half. Tamani is 6'7. seven. You six said seven barefoot. barefoot. So he's six so eight. He's six eight in shoes. Shane's six Shaden's four six, barefoot. Five. Yeah, barefoot. six four six five. Yeah. But he's got like a forty three inch vert. So you're seeing forty nine exactly.
1: if you believe the uh, the unofficial.
2: That's fine. Which fine.
1: I I'll, I actually think I believe it.
2: Great. A 50-inch vert is yeah. amazing, but that is kind of what I'm talking about. Is You're seeing some of what Joe is, what he was kind of alluding to prior to the Dame trade. Yeah. Well, now that Dame is gone and they're kind of building this thing up, he's accumulating yeah. pieces. He gets Kamara in that trade, takes a flyer on Jabari, gets Shaden with the seventh pick, and look what he's doing. He gets you long athleticism with guys who can jump, play multiple positions, and defend. Like, that's this is exactly what he had kind of talked about at the start of being general manager.
1: So talking to people within the Blazers, they you know they ask what 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 I thought of the roster coming into the season, and you know just having that back and forth of you know what do you think this thing looks like? Uh, just I don't know, trying to get some feedback. And the thing that I said is there's two things that that this team doesn't have, doesn't have a ton of playmaking, doesn't have a ton of shooting. And everybody I talked to, they was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of aware of where things sit with that, but we've done that. The whole, like, let's try to add a playmaker with Evan Turner and try to add a playmaker with Mario Hezonja and, like, shooting. They've always had tons of that over the last couple of years. They mm-hmm. said, we want to err on the side of being bigger, longer, stronger, better defensively, more athletic. And we'll worry about finding the shooting and playmaking later Mm -hmm. that they are, they are patently aware of where they stand and they're okay with that right now, because it's harder to find the size and athleticism to go with skill sets than it is to find shooting. Now, the thing that's hard to find is the additional playmaking, particularly on the wing. It's the hardest thing. And to me, the, 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 the rarest commodity in basketball is playmaking with size. Mm hmm. That's going to be a tough one for them to find. Now, Cooper Flagg ends up uh, playing the four for the Blazers here in two years. Eh, I'll be okay with it. Uh, moder- Andre-, Andre Karolinko with a little more offensive game in Portland um, and uh, less terrible tattoos. I-, I think I'll be okay trying to kind of figure that part of it out. Um, but I-, I think that you're seeing in these in these games that they're competitive in, against the Magic and against the Raptors. One, they went against teams that can't shoot. Yeah. Two, the Blazers' defense was competitive. Not great. They still blow assignments. Scoot has had two, one in the Toronto game, one in the Orlando game, actually three, and one in the Philadelphia game, where he quite literally spun around in a circle because he didn't know where he was.
2: I know, Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know the
1: place I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. It happens. I'm not killing the kid because of that. That's, that's part of the learning experience, going, uh, uh-oh. Not knowing and just... Throw all your hands up. That's how it goes. But you know what happened tonight for the first time maybe ever in the the Chauncey Billups Blazers era? The zone defense didn't suck. (laughs) Why is that, Danny? You had guys out there that are bigger, longer, stronger, more athletic, and they were cutting guys off.
2: Yep. And Moving you, around, using their size, using athleticism, yep. it sticks out like a sore thumb when you're in those positions.
1: And even against the 76ers last night, they had back-to-back plays defensively. I called it out on Twitter I was like, "Back-to-back plays where the Blazers zone defense did what it was supposed to do." And I think no. even even on the first play, the 76ers scored, but they had to use like 23 and a half seconds of the shot clock. And they got a bad look. They just I think it was I think it was MB knocked out a shot at the end of the clock and it was like you deal with that. That's it's that's pro- process over results, and I think you're starting to see a little bit of the process. And the thing that's been told to me over and over and over again is that there, even the veterans like Aunt and Jeremy are like the only guys we've played with are Aunt and Jeremy. Like yeah. when you're talking to those guys, like even though Jabari was a part of the team, like he wasn't out there with those guys. So these guys are. Qu- I'm not trying to make an excuse. These guys aren't used to playing with each other at all at all it is entirely new it is foreign to guys so you look at jeremy when he drives and somebody cuts when they shouldn't and they take up his space like guys don't know really where their timing is with each other let alone themselves like kind of reading off of other guys so it's gonna look clunky at times when we get 15, 20, 25 games, we can start making some conclusions. But just know that night in, night out for this first 10, 15 games, you're going to see some dumb shit. Like, it's just, you're going to oh, yeah. you're gonna see yeah. car crashing into the wall type possessions every now and then. You're going to go, ugh. And yeah. that's, that's how it goes.
2: I would add to it, though, like, I'll I'll kind of add a cherry here to the shit Sunday you just handed us <laughs> with that last comment. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think we looked it up and the 15 16 Sixers started their season 0 and 18. It's tied for the longest Yeah, streak. they hold
1: the record for most losses the start of season.
2: And I remember that team. I remember that process and just like seeing it on my TV every once in a while going, God, this is awful. And just not having like any one thing to point to. Mm-hmm. And, and while I would fully acknowledge the record is not going to be very good, the one thing I think you saw uh, in the Orlando game. And what you saw for about what, two, two and a quarter of four quarters against Philly, and you saw it tonight against Toronto. This team may not be very good from a win loss standpoint, but I think what you see, even aside from the veterans, you see young guys that are, they want to compete, man. Like they don't go in there looking to just, oh, we're not very good they're kind of bringing it to you a little bit. And I think that's the other thing is it's the attitude. It's the competition. They are competing. It's like when we talk about culture with bad teams, it's really easy to go, well, that team won 24 games. How could they have good culture? And I kind of understand what people mean by that. But I would counter if this season looks kind of how we've seen so far and it doesn't end with a very good record. I would counter that the culture is that like you have a team full of guys who give a damn, that go out there, they want to compete. It's just how do you build it along the way, and how do some of these guys develop? So, yeah, they're going to absolutely have moments against really good teams that they look look lost, they look confused, it makes no sense. They're going to have a lot of these games against Toronto's of the NBA, which there's a decent amount where they're going to go, oh, my God, they're pushing them into the fourth quarter. Oh, my God, it's halftime. They're only down two. I just think they're kind of built, they have those, they've identified those kinds of players to kind of go into this season with. The dogs. Yes. And
1: look, Scoot has his shortcomings. Being competitive is not one of them. The dude doesn't stop competing. And this isn't like a comparison to Dame or anything like that. So get that out of your head. Because I've seen people already doing that stuff, and it's very dumb. Um, But, yeah, there's, there's a competitive nature to this team. A lot of it has to do with the fact that there are minutes on the line.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, you, this is some very strong keep-what-you-kill energy. And mm-hmm. Chauncey has used that exact line before. He, he used it, I believe it was his first year, it might have been last year. But mm-hmm. he said, like, no, it was in response to Shaden. It was in response to Shaden's minutes. when they, Whenever they gave him probably a little too many, and then they reeled it back, and then Chauncey yeah. said, Shaden keeps what he kills. He goes out there and does what he... And I remember some people getting like, I don't know if I like that. And it's like, that's that's how the real world works, and yeah, exactly look, that's not entirely true as it pertains to Scoot because they have more invested in number three overall pick, but we'll see how that goes. Um, anything else here you want to hit on?
2: No, I I'm just I'm um, you know it's weird I I kind of had a feeling Philly was going to ultimately pull away and blow them out. They did. I wasn't shocked that they hung around with Orlando. The Clipper matchup, I thought that was kind of just a, a, I don't know, just a, a bad matchup, bad time to play the Clippers. And Toronto was a good opportunity and they took advantage of it. I'm sneaky excited for the Wednesday game because Detroit is two young teams. Yeah, Detroit's like a year ahead of where this Portland
1: team is. Yeah, and so it's kind like Kate is hooping, and Jalen Duran yes. has been an absolute. You know what? I need number one. I pulled this up. Jeremy Grant was a part of those process 76ers, so he knows yes, what he this was. shit is. Um, yeah. Number two, I need to pull this up because uh, this is insane. I believe Duran is still leading the league in rebounding. Right? He is at fifteen point three. He's shooting eighty percent from the field. <laughs> because Jeez. everything he is doing is a dunk book back dunk <laughs> it is it it's some dwight howard stuff yeah um the glare from this white page is so bright uh he's averaging 18 15 and 4 with 3 blocks
2: yeah on this 80% is, like this
1: is this is dwight howard that's yeah. that's what this is like his physical dominance is like dwight howard so let's see how Ayton does against a kid who's not yet 20
2: I I'm 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 not gonna go into the Detroit game and say, well, they're gonna win. I'm just more curious like how they're these not young guys We well, no, they, they won't, but I'm I'm curious how the young guys kind of feel going in against mm-hmm. some of the other young guys, and I cannot wait to watch Tamani Garcade. Like it's gonna be Also,
1: awesome. um you're gonna get to see Asar. Asar oh, yeah, Sar looks like he might be a top twenty five defender in his rookie
2: year. Well, he's had a better start for most people than his brother, which was kind of surprising.
1: Asar's role his even as even though he's starting is different in the sense of like he's not really doing a ton with the ball, but his defense has been astounding. He's rebounding like crazy blocking shots like crazy keeping the ball moving, getting some assists because he is a natural playmaker. If his offense shows any level of growth, you're gonna go oh, um, the Detroit Pistons, looking ahead to Wednesday, are another team that can't shoot to save their lives. So mm-hmm. the Blazers are going to get a couple of these early in the season, Orlando, Toronto, and Detroit. So this will probably play into the Blazers' hands a little bit. They can they can back off some guys uh, shooting-wise. Uh, they've been starting uh, Killian Hayes with Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran, and uh, Isaiah Stewart with uh, Bogdanovich out. Um so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that whole situation plays out. But it's I think it's going to be fun. funny styles make fights kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I think we addressed most of the questions from the mailbag. It's not really a mailbag. It's kind of a quasi mailbag. But most of the questions we got were around um, Scoot, were around uh, Billups, Aiden, and Tamani. Those are kind of like the big kind of talking points right now. Uh, after I get done here, I'm finally going to finish my dinner that has been sitting here taunting me the entire time, uh, during the live show. And now this, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to do that. And then, uh, one thing I'm actually really looking forward to doing, I kind of started doing it, uh, in a, in a, in a, in the long form one where I talked about, uh, Anthony Simons being out for four to six weeks and making things easier for scoot, um, following each game on my Patreon, I'm going to put these up for free, uh, for everybody. It's going to be the one thing that I like from every night. Um, I like that with a little video clip to kind of explain what I'm looking at. Um, I I think look at you,
2: look at you harnessing your inner Steve Jones this year. By the way, you just randomly we're we're pulling clips now, huh?
1: Well, it helps when I've got access to stuff.
2: I was gonna say, like those video clips, those aren't like recorded with my cell phone on the TV. Those those look uh, look
1: pretty sharp, don't they?
2: Those, those, I'm gonna call it. You got the Steve Jones software. I'm glad that you do. Got got me a little upgrade.
1: Uh, you got anything else, brother?
2: No, that's it, man. You're, I think we hit on everything. You're about to turn
1: into a pumpkin, so.
2: I, I know. It's almost my bedtime. I just enjoy tonight is all yes. I would say. You I think everybody is. And look, Wednesday Wednesday could be a fun little matchup between two young teams with no expectations.
1: I think it's going to be ugly fun. It's going to be like dating in high school.
2: Uh, <laughs> That didn't go well for everybody, but I, yes. I'm just sure. saying. You,
1: you understand right. what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's
1: yeah. going to it's going to be fun, but it's going to be it's going to be tough for some. Stuff for some. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Uh, if you want to email the show, jackdrams@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at Danny Maring, at Brandis Break, at Jackdramsys. You can find Brandis Break every morning 6 to 9 with his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson. You can find me with my co-host, Dusty Hero, noon to 3, also on Tenny the Fan. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday for the Blazers-Pistons game. That'll be another early tip-off uh, as they're working their way around the East Coast. And, uh, oh, as an aside while watch playback is running through um the issues that they're having right now only being available on Lee pass as an nba league partner the watch parties are open and free for everybody so you can come in and hang out you might be geo-blocked you might be able to use a vpn to get around it wink wink nod nod uh however you need to do that to uh be a part of it i'm not going to stop you other than that everybody have a wonderful wonderful night take care talk soon mm, bye